We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a beat poet. Name. Name your. Name your price. Ah, a tool, an idea, an inspiration. To do more than just say what you want to pay, oh no, but to see the options that could fit your budget. Steve. Steve, enough bongos. Find car insurance that fits your budget at Progressive.com. Makes me want to dance. Steve! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Price and coverage match limited by state law. No, as soon as they lock and you look at it, you're like, what the hell is this? Right. <laughs> yeah, but luckily I didn't have 192 inches. <laughs> this is the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by Mondogold.com, your premier destination for daily fantasy soccer. Head over to Mondogold.com and enter code ROTO for a 200% bonus on your first deposit. And now, here are Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpath, and J.D. Basso. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer pa- Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Rotowire.com. We're talking MLS today, tonight, really. Um, I'm joined, as always, by J.D. Bazo and Skylar Redpath. We were just discussing Mondo Goal's Global Friday Contests which for this Friday include matches from 
League One, La Liga, Liga MX, and Major League Soccer. I hope I didn't leave any out. You got it. So, guys, we don't play a lot of Liga MX. Uh, we don't play a lot of League One. We don't play a lot of La Liga, but we play a lot of Major League Soccer. <laughs> so this Friday game is a California Clasico. The Galaxy are traveling to face the Earthquakes. Who are you taking from this game, Skyler? What, as far as players, or who, who am I feeling to win? Uh, let's do both. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think Galaxy will come out on top. It's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be like a 2-1 or 3-2. It's going to be a close game, but as far as players go, straight to uh, Gio Dos Santos, who's still super cheap on Mondo Goal for his production, and... The guy's saying that this is only the beginning, that he's got a lot more to offer. So he's 6.4 on Mondegal, and that's just that's a must-play for anybody. I, I certainly hope any of the uh, the French or Mexican league experts are, know what Gio Dos Santos can offer because that's a value play if I've ever seen one. So he's up at the top of the list, and then Robbie Keane's still he's on fire right now. Um, and San Jose has been playing really good too uh, Marquez one to consider Wando's finally getting back into uh, goal scoring form and uh, even guys like Shea Salinas and Cordell Cato are kind of coming into consideration but I'd say as far as like the must plays for me I'd say Robbie Keane and, and Gio Dos Santos are up at the top Coincidentally, the La Liga match is Villarreal, Dos Santos's former club, hosting Espanyol. So, anybody who's a La Liga expert and is still looking for Dos Santos, <laughs> he's still he's here in this slate. Yep. JD, if you were gonna, so do you if you play these global slates, do you prefer to just kind of stack a league essentially? And if you do, how do you do it with the MLS one? Um, I I kind of like to look at what I know best and mm-hmm. know I. I want to figure out what I know is a value and what I know might be a little bit overpriced. So two great examples. Uh, Gio Dos Santos is definitely a value, pretty much a must play, like Skylar said. Robbie Keane, however, is the most expensive player on the slate by far out of any of these leagues. And while he's a, a great forward, San Jose has been very good lately. Um, they got Anibal Godoy, recent signing, and he has been pairing with Fatai Alashe in the defensive midfield to really shut other teams down. They beat Kansas City 5-0. They went into D.C. and took three points. So um, I think that I wouldn't be looking at a Steven Gerrard. I wouldn't be looking at a Leggett. Um, and Kane would give me pause because I really think the San Jose defense is going to become great by the end of the season. They're already very good. Godoy and Alashe are uh, probably one of the best uh, defensive midfield tandems the league has. Um, so, yeah, I think I'd probably be looking at some of these other um, other leagues. I think um, some of the matchups look like they could be exploitable. I'll need to research them some more because I don't claim to be an expert on uh, League One, La Liga, etc. But... Yeah, I think that maybe we should just look at this game, say Dos Santos is a great play, and see what we can come up with elsewhere. Because I, while I think LA is going to win, I don't know that there's going to be fireworks. And one last thing about Godoy, 
He stepped onto U.S. soil and played three games in his first eight days. Full two, <laughs> full 270 minutes. I'm pretty sure he played uh, the day after he, he got off the plane or maybe even the he got off the plane the night before the game, played the next day. So he's a beast, and San Jose has um, been very impressive while he's on the field. Yeah, you make a good point. San Jose just shut out two of the best teams on the road. On the road, yeah. In MLS and uh, Sporting Kansas City and D.C. United. I mean, they look like a team that's really starting to make a push for the playoffs. And as you were uh, alluding to Keene's price, J.D., I happened to take a peek back at the box score from the last time they met, last time Galaxy and San Jose met, and Keene only had like four Mondo goal points. He was uh, shut out. San Jose won 3-1, to one, and, uh, I mean, Keen still had five shots, but it's, uh, yeah, at 16, over 16 million, yeah, it might be a fade for, for that Friday global slate. Yeah, it depends how the, how the rest of the roster shakes out. I don't know if it's going to be easy to fit in the people we want, if it's going to be difficult. Got to do a little more research on these other leagues. We didn't know that this global slate was a, an option until just a few minutes ago. So it's, I'm definitely going to be playing it. They're a lot of fun. I like mixing the leagues up. So Yeah, we'll note that the kickoff is 2.30 p.m. Eastern on Friday. Ooh. So that, that's the only, uh, only kicker since it includes some of those European matches. But... That lunchtime sweat in. All right. Um, the Galaxy sure looked good last week, though. I think they scored like 17 or 18 times on New York City FC. So. <laughs> for Yeah, for all the great shutout streak that uh, San Jose's been on, the LA Galaxy have been on five-goal game yeah, streaks. Yeah, really incredible. They, Although most of them are at home, so we'll... They're on the well, road this week. So. I really don't think it matters at this point, to yeah. be honest. L.A., for whatever reason, wasn't a good road team earlier in the year, but uh, they're they're pretty much looking unstoppable. Yeah. They're the Barcelona of MLS. That's right. That's right. Gerard said that, that they would uh, be a mid-table team if they were in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. He knows all about that. <laughs> uh, moving on to the Saturday slate, J.D. in the uh, Premier League podcast – we were going through our Mondo goal teams and Mike Gottlieb picked Martin Stecklenburg from Southampton because he was the cheapest goalie. And he said, if you have a starting goalie in the $3 million to $4 million range, you basically have to start him because the value, the, the potential upside of for that low price is too good to pass up. And I r- reminded him that you said, I think it was last week, that you start kind of all of your Mondo goal lineups by filtering the goalkeepers and going to the last page and picking who that is. So this week, the last one is Joe Bendick, who's been replaced by Chris Kanopka. The second one, uh, lowest one, is Tally Hall at 3.6. Is Tally Hall in your lineups this week? I took a long, hard look at Tally Hall <laughs> because Chicago played midweek. Yeah. Orlando's rested. They really, really need this game if they want to make the playoffs. Things are really looking down in Orlando, so they're going to be extremely motivated uh, so I do think Tally Hall has a great chance at a shutout, but I paid up a little bit extra for Tim Malia. Hmm. Uh, I like Kansas City traveling to Colorado, who also played midweek. Benny Failhaber returns from red card suspension. Kansas City has lost two games in a row. Uh, I'm, I don't want to say that I know for sure, but I'm actually skeptical that they've done that at all this year. I bet they haven't strung together two losses. Hmm. 
uh, I'd be curious to see. Um, but, yeah, Kansas City, I think, is going to look to get back to their dominant ways against Colorado. And uh, I like Tim Malia for 4.7 if you can afford the jump from, I think Hall is 3.6. So, I mean, that's a, a little chunk of change, but I don't think you necessarily need to to scrape your, your funds together for this. And did you put some uh, defenders along with Malia from Kansas I, City? I really wanted to get Marcel de Jong, but you know it's impossible to tell if he's ever going to get into the lineup. Yeah, it's so frustrating. Uh, yeah, so I went with Amadou Dia for five million. Um, wow. Since I think that's a it's a good shutout chance for Kansas City, um, that was a really cheap way to get into it. He's also a fullback, so um, let me check one thing. Abdul Salam has also been getting a lot of time, but his price. Yeah, his price has jumped to 6.7, so I think D is the way to go. Um, perhaps he doesn't start, but it, I he has been lately, so I'd think he would. Okay. Skyler, how's your back four look? I assume it's back four, including a goalie. Yeah, I actually did go with Tally Hall and goal that, um, again, I kind of ended up with uh, a team where I really didn't have much change to spare, so... Um, yeah, it's it's a tough call. I mean, his last game he had minus six, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was really <laughs> tough to uh, just look past and and click his name. But before that, he had a couple of decent outings. I think he had like eight and eleven. So um, he's in the goal. And then let's see on my back line. I don't have anybody. I don't have any uh, Orlando City defenders to pair with him. But I actually did have uh, I kind of stacked the Columbus New York City game just because I think it's going to be I think there's going to be goals there. So I've got two defenders from that game. Um, I've well, you got, think there are goals in that one, but you're taking the two. <laughs> well, that's the thing. They're both attacking defenders. I've got okay. Angelino uh-huh. and I've got Harrison Offol, who's been. He's amazing. Like, yeah, yeah he's, he's been so good. That's the best signing Columbus has made since Pipa. Yeah, he's been a spark plug, and I think he's due for an assist soon. This could be the game. There's just goals galore at Yankee Stadium. So I think between one of those two players, they're going to have a, an assist or a goal. So I've got both of those guys on my back line and then rounded it out with Chris Tierney, who I still think is just – uh, way too cheap for the upside that he's got. Yeah, he's yeah. at 6.6 million. Yeah, I have Awful and Tierney as well as my uh, my other two. So great minds think alike. Yes. Who is the third one that you had? Amadou Dia from oh, that's Kansas right, City. Right. Yeah, I, um, I went Hall and Tierney as well. And the other two I went with were Maynard Figaro and Kendall Waston, both who I plugged in at 12.2 million combined just because I I didn't like either of them. Waston I liked a little bit. Figaro I didn't particularly like playing against Sport in Kansas City, but um, you may have swayed me on Awful and Angelino and not worrying about the defensive side and just hoping that one of them or both of them gets an assist or a goal. Well, I wouldn't recommend Angelino. No? Why not? Because I think Columbus is going to score multiple goals on NYCFC. Yeah, my play on him is pretty much banking on an assist. Right. I mean, yeah. which happens. Yeah. How Mondo many assists goals, does he have? At two. Least, at least one. <laughs> yeah, he's got two or three. He's 
He has he's two still... in eight games, and he has one shot on target. Yeah, but if you watch them play, then he's fairly active getting yes. forward. And he I agree. Is, he is still feeding the likes of David Villa. So, well, David know. Villa doesn't even acknowledge him. What a clown. <laughs> can, we, can we rant about that for a second? Go for David it. Villa, David Villa telling the Spanish reporters he needs teammates to play with him. I mean, first of all, what complete disrespect to Pirlo. Second of all, he's telling the Spanish reporters that in Spanish. What does he think that Poku and Tommy McNamara are telling the English reporters? <laughs> they need a striker. You don't uh, think that was just a singular jab at Lampard? I, I really don't know. But, I mean, that's not a way to be a good teammate at all. I mean, yeah. it's, the, it's the team's first season. that You know, they're trying to gain some support, keep their fans exciting, and Villa's being a little baby about it. Yeah, I it mean, I'm all, for. I'm all for jabs at Lampard. Don't get me wrong. but <laughs> I'm sure the emotion of just getting throttled 5-1 had a little something to do with what he said. But, yeah, still, I mean, it's, that's your team. That's your squad. You, gotta, you can't just dog him and then expect for everything to be fine going forward like that's going to kind of set the tone I think for the rest of the season which doesn't matter for New York City I don't think they're going to make the playoffs but still it's not a good way to to treat your teammates and it's not good for just the club in general so You're I agree and not after getting blasted by the best team in the league like it, it, it's not like you can you look at that team and say that's what we should be like because you can't expect to be in in the same realm as the Galaxy in your first year in existence when you have two guys who are 36 and in midfield. <laughs> right, and he's yeah. also David Villa. He realistically does not need teammates if he uh, could play as well as he uh, is capable of. Fair point. I mean, a lot of great players in MLS have put teams on their shoulders. And granted, he has uh, 15 goals in... Uh, not 30 games. I mean, he's he's definitely scoring a lot. But how about we give him the caca treatment and say, why don't you score on not penalty kicks or free kicks? <laughs> well, he does have a decent number of those. He's not that dependent. But yeah, all right. That's fair. Um, I'll ask if he's in your lineup later. But we can move to the midfield. Skyler, who's in your midfield here? So I do have... Uh... One player from that game, I've got Poku mm-hmm. in my lineup. Four point eight million. That's uh, that's the value play for my lineup right there. So I've got him. I've got uh, Benny Fieldhaber coming back from suspension. He's eleven point seven. I've got Christian Madonna who's ten point one. Um, and then I've got Kaka, who's more a little bit of a stretch, I'd say, but he's 9.4 million. It just kind of ha- worked out to where I had just enough to uh, to fit somebody in his price range in. So I rolled with him, just kind of hoping that he shows up for this game. And yeah, so I rounded it out with with Kaka. I had a very similar um, extra money left over, so I had uh, 10.1 which was Maidana's price. So in that range is uh, Maidana, Pedro Morales, Michael Bradley are all 10.1. Kaká is 9.4. Pirlo, who I didn't really consider that much, is 9.6. 
and I didn't really consider Giles Barnes at nine either. I think there's a very clear player to use out of that group. Um, I went with Morales, but who do you consider the player in that group? I think it's Michael Bradley. Hmm. He's been unbelievable lately, really flying under the radar in terms of his offensive, um, what he's giving to Toronto. And Montreal's not going to have Piotti again. Yeah. Um, they're traveling to Toronto. I just think that um, everything kind of aligns for Bradley to have another great game. He's been piling on the, the points on Mondego lately. And um, I I don't know. Maidana's good, but I think New England's really going to give him some trouble. So Maidana would be the other guy I consider. Pedro Morales is terrible on the road compared to at home. That's one. I don't usually buy into home and road too much. Um, compared to a lot of people, but Morales really does travel terribly. Um, Canadian team going to Houston. <laughs> right, yeah, I I can't really, well, I mean, Morales is South American, I'm sure, well, sure. He's, <laughs> he's, he's used to the heat, but um, yeah, he's just not a guy that travels well at all. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Grant, I like that. Bradley show. I'm sold. I'm sold. Good show. <laughs> Bradley's just, he's been really phenomenal, and he gets to play alongside Javinko, so. Yeah, he's had, looking at his box score here, his uh, game log, he's had, he had 13.5 last game. The game before that, he didn't even have one. He had 0.95. I don't know what happened there. Maybe it was just a bad game, but before that, he had another 13 point five game he had a nine point game and an eighteen point five game so four of his last five games he's hitting over ten points a game pretty much that's solid he's been he's been extremely active lately offensively yeah, you totally sold me I'm done Morales is out Bradley's in uh, nice. I also had Poku I bottom barreled uh, Kevin Doyle at five point five and then I spent sixteen four on Javier Morales I can't say no to Morales at this point if there's like any way I can fit him in I I'll cut seven guys in order to fit him in so, <laughs> so he really is the man isn't I don't he? care where he plays I don't care anything as long as he's playing I have to get him in a lineup so I I did thank yeah, you talking about uh recent box scores he's had yeah. 15 or more points and four of six five, yeah five of six here five of better. six it's awesome had 17 in two of his last three yeah, he's he's on fire. Yeah, I can't uh or Real Salt Lake on I mean, they have been on fire in general. They've been playing really well. They're really trying to make a push to solidify their playoff spot. And Morales is just the man. Andrew's right. And um if you're kind of a listener that just dabbles into the, the daily MLS, maybe you, you're more into the other sports and whatever, I'm gonna urge you to watch Javier Morales actually play soccer because it is fun. He, he has a lot of grit to go with his skill, and um, that, that Real Salt Lake team is just gritty in general. They're kind of a fun team to watch if you're a fan of um, some other sports like hockey or football. They're playing I don't uh, know why. at Dallas this week, 9 o'clock Eastern, which Dallas can be pretty exciting, although um, I haven't heard any promising news about Mauro Diaz coming back, so that's a... We'll talk about player who could be missing. Yeah, talk about the opposite of gritty, Mauro Diaz. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he just gets like month long breaks because they don't think his legs are strong enough. Yeah, it's too that's bad. a legitimate thing. Yeah, it's 
it's too bad because him he and Castillo Blas Perez has been terrible but uh, Castillo it, it could have been a very exciting match this weekend who knows Dallas has a lot of games where I, I get really excited about it and then they're just not good the game the entire game is just not fun to watch I don't know why they're not I mean was it a five game win streak they had earlier this season they like had they had a huge win ago. streak. Yeah. They might have been the last team to to lose. Maybe them in New York, mm-hmm. I think. Not yeah, Red Bulls. FC. Yeah, Red Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I bumped Morales down just a hair on my rankings just because of how Dallas has been playing. It seems like their attack has just gone stagnant, so they're playing more of a defensive game. Um, Javier Morales is borderline matchup proof, so he's still definitely worth consideration but he's like jd was saying earlier about Keane. he's over 16 million so for me it's at the point where based on this matchup i'm shying away a little bit still worth considering but for me then just the way that dallas has been playing it's it's not good and it's not fun it's not attractive it hasn't really been uh attacking soccer so to speak so kind of shine away a little bit from morales this week Okay. I think I think that's a good call. Yeah, I mean Morales is great. He's definitely uh, was was one of the first guys uh, I'm upset about missing out on this week. So I guess it's my turn for. I the was gonna say who? Yeah, who'd you take instead? So I have Benny Fellhaber. Uh, I he's coming back from a red card. He's playing Colorado. Uh, he's kind of a guy that really uses that type of stuff as motivation. He he definitely is gonna put it on his shoulders to get Sporting Kansas City back on track and back uh, into the lead for the Supporters' Shield. So I I want every bit of failover I can get this week. Um, next is Michael Bradley, as we mentioned. Also, I have Poku. $4.8 million is It's absurd. Like It's like Poku's not even recognized as being a player, even though he's been getting all the hype around the league lately. Yeah, there's um, going to be goals in this game. Like Poku's, if he starts again, he's going to be involved. Yeah. yeah, I think I was the one last year trying to tell you guys, or last week, to say slow down on Poku. He's playing the Galaxy. I know he's a great value, but yep. this yeah. week, it's not the Galaxy. It's um, Columbus, and Columbus <laughs> is uh, pretty much the opposite defensively. They're not good. Yeah, no. These are two um, very, very poor defensive teams. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And um, so my fourth midfielder, since I didn't quite have enough for Morales and I wasn't sure I wanted to anyway, I put in Lee Wynn. Talk about a guy who's been racking up the Mondo goal points. He's got over 10 in his last five. Wow. And the two before that he had uh, between eight and nine. And yeah, actually the, the two before that he had 12.4. So he's he's been really consistent producer and against Philadelphia, who I, I love to pick against, uh, I, I like him a lot this week. Good call. Yeah, he's found his form. Like uh, Quietly, kind of, too. Yeah, I kind of skipped over him when I was doing my rankings um, or doing my lineup and rankings. But when I browsed through his box score, his game log, then I did notice that, yeah, he's hitting double digits pretty regularly. So it was... It's hard to leave him out, I guess, for me. Then I do lean a little bit more towards the home team. So I left him out this week. But, yeah, it's a good call. I like him. I like the play. 
Yeah, he's kind of built for, for Mondugol to be like a, a midfielder. You kind of bump up the rankings when you're playing on Mondugol because he, he is involved in everything. Like, he is what their offense runs through. Yeah, his last four games here, I'll just go down his uh, his total points. He's had 15.75, 13.55, 18.3, and 16. And how many of those were on the road, Mr. Home Favorer? <laughs> three. Uh, three of those were on the road. Okay, all right. So he likes the grass. Yeah, that's true. He does like the grass. Maybe. I don't know how good Philadelphia's growing grass this time of year. Uh, I'm I'm kind of near Philadelphia, and there's been a little bit of a drought. <laughs> I'm sure a professional sports team can get a hose. They're right by the river, too, right? It's not a freshwater river. Just... Well, that's Philadelphia muck. So <laughs> I'm from Pittsburgh, by the way. Chester, so. really. <laughs> Chester. Right. Hardly Philadelphia. Uh, J.D., who do you have up top? Up top, I've got Jovinko. Kai Kamara, two two mainstays in the forward line. Um, both games, I think, uh, are going to have a lot of goals. Toronto's is probably going to be more one-sided in those goals. But um, I, I do like Kamara on the road in New York, too. So uh, Jovinko kind of goes with my Bradley stack. And then my third forward is Dom Dwyer, who kind of pairs up well with Failhaber. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just like to take advantage of someone playing Colorado. I know they've been solid defensively, but like I said, Sporting Kansas City is going to get back on track this week. I'm I'm fairly confident of it. So I like Dwyer for nine million a lot. There were some other options, but you guys are probably going to touch on those. And let me say while we're on the Sporting Kansas City note, if you can't afford Failhaber, uh, Graham Zusi I think is seven point seven million. So that's a good $4 million discount for a still very quality player. Hmm, that's a good call. Skylar, do you have Javinko and Kamara as well? Yes, I've got Javinko, Kamara, and in line with the Columbus NYCFC stack, I've got David Villa up top. I just feel like, I mean, this game's going to be like 3-3 or 4-3. Yeah, I would be really surprised if there weren't more than four goals in this game. So, wow. I want to have ex- yeah, I want to have exposure to both of those forwards. If one of them strikes out, the other one is going to go off. So, just really feeling feeling this game. Like I've got, see, I've got uh, five guys going out of my eleven players between Via, Kamara, Poku, Angelina, and Afol. And who knows? I mean, some of the, some of the other players from like I'll, I've been digging uh, Iguain lately. He's been stepping it up. He had a rocket off the crossbar last game that should have scored on Ethan Finley. Um, only only thing that puts me off of him on Mondegol is that he's listed as a forward. But both of those guys, yeah, yeah, Iguain and Finley are both listed as a forward. So of course I'm going to go Kamara. I think G- Giovinco's a must play as he's been all season. And David Villa, you know, he's still as much of a uh, crybaby he was over the weekend. <laughs> he's still <laughs> scoring goals. So um, interesting fact, though, when I was looking at Giovinco's box score, he's his last three games haven't been super impressive. Like, he's gotten the job done. But his last three games, Giovinco's got nine points, uh, six points and seven points. 
Um, yeah, game one, before one that. goal in his last three. Yeah, yeah, one goal. Game before that, of course, he had a hat trick, so he exploded for 34 points. So that's the upside he's got. But he really has been, for Giovinco, a little bit of a letdown the past few weeks. Especially well, when ag- Josie scored twice off the bench. <laughs> that's right. Let's, let's acknowledge that two of those games were against the best teams in the league, the Red Bulls and SKC. Fair. Um, yeah, I mean, fair point by Skylar, but I invite anyone who's playing me in a tournament this weekend to, to <laughs> heed that advice. Bench Jovinko, and I'll be using him. No, I'm not saying bench Jovinko by <laughs> any means. I'm just, I was surprised when I looked at the numbers to see that for for his standards, he's been a little disappointment, disappointing. I'm still going to play him pretty much in all my lineups across the board, especially think- in this game. I think on, Montreal. on the website, the tagline needs to be Skylar Redpath recommends benching Jovinko. <laughs> I'll take your head-to-heads if you do. Yeah. <laughs> right, were there, do you guys even look for um, like value forwards? Yeah, you got to scroll the whole way down the list just to see. You never know who's hiding on Mondo Goal. So with that said, were there any that you even considered? I mean, we talked last week about Drogba. I'm not sure he's going to get the start playing at Toronto. It's not, not the easiest, but not the hardest. Uh, you said you liked New England against Philly. Do you like Charlie Davies at 6.1? Uh, That's pretty Lee, cheap. Lee wins enough for me. Okay. I don't I don't need any Charlie Davies action. <laughs> yeah, Aristide Gates is only 6. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If you're talking from that game, 6.1 for Charlie Davies. I'm all over Aristide if he starts. Yeah. Uh, they're not he, the... Are they the first game or no? No, they're there's yeah, two games at two games ahead. Three yeah. and then yeah, that Philly New England games a few hours later. But I really think wasn't Philly on the road at Montreal last game they played, which is yeah, which is turf. So I think Arisa Guetta has probably been held back a little bit for injury concerns. I think he was probably benched just to probably preserve him going Montreal, forward. I thought Montreal was grass. No. Um, is it? Maybe I, I, I think it's turf. Yeah, I think, I think when they is. play in the when they play in the dome, it's turf. But isn't uh, I think their stadium is grass. I'm trying. Okay, to... maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I don't know. He yeah, he didn't Saputo start Stadium last game. is uh, yeah, Kentucky Bluegrass. Okay, oh. it's the when they play in the in Olympic Stadium, they right. do that every so often for the bigger ones. Right, okay. gotcha. They, uh, that's definitely that's like old school like carpet turf yeah it's it's ugly <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's like the putting like a maybe that's just the only time thing. i've ever watched them at home is when it's a, <laughs> a big game usually mls live i got something else teed up i guess yeah all of their all their champions league matches from earlier this season were uh on the turf on the turf yeah so but which was good because they had dom odoro to just run all over that's everybody right. that's right yeah well that's good to know i mean i still like uh arista guaita i think before he was benched the last game, he looked great coming back from injury. I thought Philly, you know, he was a good spark for Philly, what they needed. Yeah. He's so. he's a monster. He he can just manhandle center backs, and he always gets his body into the right position to make a play on the ball, whether it's contorting himself to, to get a beautiful header or bodying someone off to get, to get his foot on the shot first. He's a very good forward. And um, I, Philadelphia's been getting him service when he's in there. So as much as I rag on Philadelphia. Yeah. So does that mean you're open to 7.7 for Latou? 
No. <laughs> you, I, I, <laughs> Skyler almost choked in laughter. I almost choked out of uh, fear of having to have him in my lineup. All right, so I'm going to give you four names here. I'd like you to rank them with their sure. price. Christian Nemeth, 7-5. Kyle Laren, 6-9. CJ Sapong, 6-7. Will Bruin, 6-7. Laren, 6-9. <clears throat> CJ Sapong six seven, Nemeth seven five, Will Bruin whatever price he was at. <laughs> two dollars. I think six seven. Nah, two dollars he might be higher, but yeah. So if you like Kansas City so much, how come Nemeth isn't first? Because they also have Dwyer and Zusi and Failhaber, so you're really spreading out that attack. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Sapong is a focal point, and Laren's a focal point. Okay. Yeah, I guess Nemeth and Zuzi are pretty much the same price. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. La- right. Laren was somebody I was definitely going to touch on, though, as a as a good value, and I would I would like him a lot as my third forward. Chicago played, we said midweek. It's in Orlando. You don't know if the heat's going to affect Chicago. Um, Chicago just kind of they they were definitely hitting above their average when they beat Red Bulls last night. Mm-hmm. So Orlando's very motivated. I I like Laren a lot. Do you guys have Plaza? a comment on that um, phantom corner kick goal? Did you see what happened in that game? Last night? Yeah. Last night, yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't get to watch. Yeah, I don't think it should have counted. Yeah. Um, so it Lloyd, was, uh, was it Lloyd Sam who took the first one? So Lloyd yeah, Sam Lloyd brought Sam. the ball over for a corner and essentially just touched it. And Kletchton ran over to pretend like he was going to take the corner. Oh, that's a high school trick. But Right. <laughs> it turns out that it probably shouldn't have been – well, it definitely shouldn't have been allowed because either – for the reason of either Sam touched it twice after the whistle or didn't touch it at all before after the whistle, something like that. Yeah, he touched it like three times. Right. And then question comes over, sets the ball down, and you can kind of see him like out of the side of his mouth talking to the linesman who's standing right there. Next thing you know, question takes the ball and just starts dribbling, takes off from the corner, basically dribbles into the 18 and slots it across into the center of the six, and Zubar scores. Yeah. But, yeah, well, it was those three touches Zubar that made scored, it illegal. If Zubar scored, you know it was cheating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it was weird because Sam touched the ball twice, which you can't do if you're right. taking the corner. But then they, they replayed it a few times, and – the, the referee's whistle went off like three or four times, which almost like possibly made his first touch oh, before wow. the whistle. So like that shouldn't have counted, but very strange. It was such like a Bush league. Play. Yeah. yeah really. So I mean, I I've seen so many teams do that when I played when I was younger. Yeah. Uh, that's not really a professional right. move right. and it's kind of cheap to be like, do you really need that against Chicago? <laughs> Yes. Yes, they did. They did, unfortunately. But man, save it for a better team. Yeah, uh, that's not the first time they've tried to pull something like that. It seems like uh, Jesse Marsh has got a few tricks up his sleeve. Well, he has the two thousand page plan, right? That's Isn't right. that what it is? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, or three hundred or something. I forget. Yeah, I really like. But... I was a little skeptical, but the red. I mean, Jesse Marsh. That hiring was awesome. Uh, the Red Bulls have been great. Their system is really exciting. Uh, they brought in some good players. I mean, I think they're one of the one of the top contenders. And Petkey was a great coach, and what they did to him was wrong. 
But um, Petke might not have this level of sophistication when it comes to soccer coaching that Marsh has brought. Yeah, he's been good. Should be a fun game this weekend against D.C. That's going to be a – I mean, that's a lot of That's one of the best rivalries. Yeah, yeah, best rivalry in MLS, one of them. Yeah. What well, about uh, Igbon and Nike doing a number on the Red Bulls? So you talk about a value play. He's 5.2 on Mondo goal. He's had – basically 25 points in two of his last three games. It's uh, it's hard to pass on against a defense like Orlando City. The issue I ultimately have with taking value forwards is that you don't have enough places to spend the rest of your money. Yeah, yeah I agree. You're not going to take – there aren't three $16 million midfielders that you're going to take. And so while it could get you – I guess it could get you Morales and Lee Wynn. But I'd rather try to get all of my points with Kamara, Jovinko, and Villa. That's well, how I yeah. look at it. Here's the thing that I look at. It's not it's not just taking a value forward because he's a value forward. I mean, there's a lot of forwards that you could make an argument are one of the best options regardless of price mm-hmm. in this range. I mean, Laren at 6.9 is a great example. He very well could end up being one of the best three forward plays against a tired Chicago team at home in the heat and humidity. Going so, for the MLS rookie record at that. Right. Goal, I mean, most goals for a rookie record. Right. So I wouldn't, when you scroll down the page to look for values, I wouldn't do it just because you're saving money. But I would definitely consider, just cover up the prices and consider if these are actually better plays than perhaps Dwyer on the road to Colorado isn't a play I should be making. Colorado's been good on defense. And maybe I just feel like I have to use all this money. It's something that as the, the slate gets closer, I'm going to have to think about. Yeah, I think what Andrew said about the midfielder pricing too is that, like, for me, is it really worth uh, downgrading, say, like a David Villa who's $13.4 million, basically saving $10 million if I go with a guy like Josie Altador who just had a well, brace? Well, that's ridiculous. That's <laughs> yeah. No, that's that not was... a value play. That's throwing your money away. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, they play first on this slate, so we'll know if Josie gets the starting nod again. And if you really want that extra $10 million, for me, I've got Tally Hall in goal, who just, like I said earlier, had minus six. So that would give me a few million dollars to upgrade him. I could probably move from uh, Kaká up to Javier Morales if I really wanted to. And you, or could, stack, you could actually stack good defenders. Yeah, I could go with the Toronto stack too. I could uh, swing Kaká up to Michael Bradley, and then I've had I'd have Bradley, Altidore, and Giovinco. Now, but, yeah. <laughs> wouldn't you rather prefer that Josie is starts on the bench? Seems like that worked <laughs> out well last game. So yeah. why not? Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, those are. It's a good point about lineup construction. It's a, kind of an interesting conversation that. Perhaps would be alleviated if some of these uh, pricing inconsistencies were different, but or maybe about, that's what makes it more fun. It does make it fun for sure, no doubt. How about Blas Perez for six? Talk about someone that could end up being one of the best forward plays for not a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, he's been at times in this league a, a star striker, and it was early this season, wasn't it? I mean, <laughs> right, and you're getting him at home. Yeah. Yeah, he's a pure goal scorer, just so tough looking at his game log. Like, he's had, uh, he hasn't even eclipsed three points in his last three games. So, 
or three of his last four games. Yeah. He's like, it's just it, ugly. it sounds weird, but it's like he's very goal dependent. And like, obviously, all these guys are better when they score goals, but there are plenty of guys who, if they don't score, just like you said, will put up like three. And that's not, that's not going to get right. you anywhere. Speaking of midfield slates, let's talk about Sunday. I was going to segue us using the Red Bulls, but then we passed on it. So. <laughs> Two games Sunday, Seattle-Portland, Red Bulls, D.C. United. Uh, you have to, you're, you're going to end up with a stack somewhere, a, a minimum of one stack, because you're probably not taking you know three guys from each team. So which, which teams did you focus on here, Skyler? I uh, focus on the home teams, mm-hmm. the Sounders and Red Bulls. Okay. Um, starting out with Robles and Net, he's I think he's the cheapest of the four options. Yeah, he is. Six point two million. Uh, I really wanted Fry though. I I feel like Sounders are going to get the job done at home again. Um, but just with Mondegol allowing only four players per team, I uh, spent my Sounders elsewhere. So worked out to where I've got Robles and Net, and then um, on the back line. It's really interesting trying to construct the Sunday lineup because yeah. <laughs> I I wanted to go heavy on Sounders and Red Bulls because I feel like both of those teams are probably going to be favorites to get the job done and I think they will. I definitely think I feel better about the Sounders getting a win than I do New York. I think that New York DC game is going to be uh, back and forth. I could see DC coming in and taking the win, especially since they had that midweek game. Um, Sounders. DC had a had, midweek game as well. Yeah, I was about to say, I believe uh, Not DC that they played Tuesday, and then I think the Sounders actually played Champions League as well. So, Right. Um, but yeah, my back line, I've actually got three road defenders. I've got Alvis Powell, who still think he's so consistent that you've got to play him. Um, there's going to be money left over if you... If you uh, make the right moves this week on the Sunday slate. So Alvis Powell, he's probably the highest price offender, but I think you can find room for him. Got uh, Roman Torres, new Seattle defensive reinforcement, 7.1 million. Then I've got Nat Borchers and Taylor Kemp. I've actually got a 4-3-3 lineup, just kind of how the cards fell this week. So, um. Yeah, it was tough, but that allowed me to put Sounders and and Red Bulls in my midfield and forwards. So um, I kind of put defenders that have been a little more consistent, just in like the five to six, seven point range per game, regardless of if they're at home or on the road. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how it played out this on this two game slate for me. So I don't know, JD, what what does your Sunday slate backline look like? Well. Yours was very interesting because they're kind of two things going at each other in that you're you're using a four-man back line, but the only time I use that is when I when I have a clean sheet picked out that I want to stack. And you're using your defenders against all the forwards you're having. So I I don't know if you want four in the back. That's just my advice maybe to a listener thinking about trying to pull it off as well. But if if anyone's gonna pull it off, it's Skyler. Let me tell you, <laughs> this guy is a is a lineup creating machine. Yeah, it was more um, of a play on just like 
that you literally um, had to use the the two good teams in offense and you had nothing left to yeah no spots left on defense that is very frustrating that you can only have four uh from each team because then you have to use three players minimum from the teams you don't think are going to do well on a two-game slate exactly yeah right and i had 0.2 million left so i had less than a million left after i made this lineup Um, wow i'm kind of curious who you must have used up top different from me because i have much many dollars left (laughs) yeah that's kind of how i how i had to work it just like Hopefully right. I'll get five points from these guys, and that's it, regardless if they get a clean sheet or not. And those uh, are the Powell, Kemp, Borchers, and Torres. I feel like they've all got a good shot at at least five points. Hmm. Interesting. So I also went with Robles. I think they. I think the Red Bulls are also going to want to kind of get back to their winning ways. Uh, DC's attack without a spindle looks kind of toothless. So... That's my pick. I know they they just played last night and lost to Chicago three to two. But since Robles is the cheapest keeper, um, and I really try to shy away from this Cascadia Cup matchup between the Sounders and the Timbers because it's it's one of the more heated rivalries as well, and it it just seems like there's going to be a lot of goals in that one. So I went with Robles. Um, made some and- good saves last night. Yeah, Robles, I think, has had one of the more underrated seasons for a keeper in general. He's been very good. Mm-hmm. I can't remember one, maybe one play I can remember where he made like a, a huge mistake that cost him a goal. But otherwise, I think he's kind of making their back line look better than it really is at times. Yeah, game could have been like 4-5-1 or five to one on Chicago, as crazy as it sounds. But huh. Robles, yeah, Robles came through. He made some really big saves. So it's a good play. And he's the heart and soul of that team, pretty much. He he really gets everybody fired up to play. I like that about him a lot. Uh, anyway, now this isn't how I, I generally go about constructing a Mondo goal lineup, let me say. Usually defense, I, I kind of pick it out, get my clean sheet, and uh, j- just try and make sure I'm not spending too much. But I pretty much just went for three very expensive options because I had the money. I went Roman Torres... Alvis Powell, and Tyrone Mears. Um, I think the Sounders at home have a good shutout opportunity as well. Um, maybe not as much as New York, but I wanted New York's forwards and midfielders, so I couldn't really use uh, their defenders. Um, so, yeah, I think Torres, you know, he, he probably is going to want to make his mark on this rivalry game, and he is a monster in the air. I can definitely see him heading one in off of a set piece. Mears, I can see putting a beautiful ball in on the set piece to Torres's head, perhaps. Um, Mears, Mears has a great service into the box. And then Powell, you're right, he's, he's very consistent. He likes to get up into the attack. So I think those are three great options on defense. And I had the, I had the luxury of being able to afford them, so I took it. Hmm. I'm anxious to hear where the rest of this team goes. I I went with Fry. I think I was thrown off by Robles getting smoked last night. Um, but I actually had, I think when I built the lineup, I had had a Red Bulls defender, and I have three other slots for Red Bulls up front, so I couldn't get Robles as well. And I, um, I eventually changed but kept Fry in there. So I have Fry... Uh, Alvis Powell, Tyrone Mears, and I was left with 6.8 million. 
which gets a little ugly, and I had to pick either another Portland defender or a D.C. United defender. I have um, Bobby Boswell in now, but I almost feel like I'm just punting that spot. Because <laughs> I don't <laughs> think – I think there are goals there, and, and I don't think he's going to do anything, but I needed – I needed a body. It wouldn't let me save it without one. So, and I can't play two defenders. Well, I think Sean Franklin might be a good option for six point eight. He he gets up the wing, puts in a lot of nice crosses. That's so true. That's true. You still have to buy the the DC defense, right? But but yeah, Franklin's a, a good player. Yeah, I can. I I guess I could choke that one down. So I can. I'll go with Franklin, sure, and then move on to my midfield. Who do you guys or JD? Who do you have in your midfield? All right, so I have Lloyd Sam and Sasha Kleshton from the Red Bulls. You know, I'm looking for one of those tricky corner kicks again, I guess. That's right. And I didn't even know about it when I built the lineup. <laughs> but, yeah, I think you just you want the Red Bulls attack these days. Um, they look very formidable, and um, th- those are two really quality players. And on a four-team slate, uh, you you can't really go digging deep for anybody. So So I ended up with them. I got Diego Valeri because he's hands down probably the best player in the midfield on this slate. Um, I know he hasn't been phenomenal lately, but this is a rivalry game. Uh, And the Timbers really um, showed nicely for him in their fan support last match, and he was very touched. uh, They had a nice banner and I think a new chant for him, and he, he said some very kind words. So I think... Maybe he'll want to show up for the fans this game particularly more than usual. And Portland needs to get get some points on the board, too, some wins uh, for this playoff stretch. So, yeah, I think Valeri's going to have to really carry them. And my fourth spot is um, Eric Freiburg. That's kind of what makes everything fit in my team. He's only $4.6 million, And he's really been kind of carrying the Sounders through some of their troubles over the last month since he showed up. He's been very good. Not electric, but steady. Um, Skylar, I'm going to send it to you after noting that I have the exact same midfield. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Four for four. Yeah, I considered Freiburg for sure. Um, I actually went with... Papa. Yeah, somebody else who I think is going to have a hand in the Sounders attack in that game it's Papa and he's back he played midweek in the Champions League I think he came off the bench which I think probably means he's probably in line for a start Sounders really need to get him back in the mix Um, their attack's just been not the same without him so um, Freiburg has looked good um, but for me I wanted to get Papa back in we'll know um, if he's starting, because I think that's the first game on Sunday. So if he's not, obviously make a pivot. But if he's in for me, then I think on the two-game slate, then he's definitely worth a play. So I've got him. And then, yeah, I've got Kleshin and Sam. Like I said, I've got a 4-3-3, so I've only got three midfielders. Hmm. I just can't believe it. Yeah, I'll note 4.30 p.m. Eastern is the Sounders game, and then Red Bulls, DC United are at 7. So, so I guess good good amount of time in between too. Yeah, so I guess Skyler's choice comes down to Papa and Borchers or whoever versus Freiburg and uh, another midfielder. Right. That's kind of an interesting thing to to put side by side. Yeah, I'm not well, saying like Papa. Yeah, Papa kind of opened up enough 
or not Papa, but not going with Freiburg, opening up enough room to have uh, Papa and then a couple of other more consistent players. Like, I just don't know what Freiburg's effect is, is going to be if Papa starts. That's my main drawback with him That's on the slate. Point. It is a good point. But he good. has been solid. I mean, he's been taking corner kicks, and like we said last weekend, or last week, I think he's been on set pieces for him. But if Papa's back, then Papa's going to be over those. So that's kind of what made me shy away from him. As long as Papa's not driving the team bus to the stadium, oh, he'll be good. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, man. He's the driest one now. <laughs> um, I'm assuming that both of you have Obafemi Martins and Bradley Wright Phillips. Is that correct? Yep. Yes. Okay. You would literally be insane if that happened. <laughs> That's okay. Great. So who is number three? JD. I have Lucas Milano. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got on the board finally. Um, I've liked what I've seen out of him, and we'll get to know whether he starts or not. If not, I might have to shuffle some things around. But I like him a lot. And talk about a value forward: uh, five point three million. That's a great price. And I will say I have three point nine in the bank. I was just about to say you got a value, but you're you're pocketing too much. Well, it, it's not too much if I think he's one of the best three forward plays. Fair, fair. Which which I do because the other option is Sabario. Yeah. Um, Grella. Those, those were the two that I was looking at: Sabario and, and Milano in this last spot. I went with Milano, but. Yeah, and Fernando Adi, if he starts ahead of Milano, that's what I was about to say. I can. I have the the extra cash in the bank that I can put Audi in instead, who I also think uh, could show up really big in this this rivalry match. Yeah, there is one other person we should consider, which is Nelson Valdez. Yeah, he rounds out my striker core oh. there. So that's the other. Uh, he's five point three along with uh, Milano. So for me, then I think. As I've said a few times already, I think the home team I'm always going to give a little bit of a edge to. And Valdez has come in and he's looked good. So especially without Dempsey, then I'm going to bump him up a little bit um, as far as like sounders that I feel like are going to have a, a good game. I think Obafemi's in line for a good game. And I think if anybody maybe besides Obafemi has a big game, then Valdez could be a little bit of a sleeper. So... Um, I like him at 5.3, and he just happened to fit right in. Um, maybe if he, for whatever reason, doesn't start, then, yeah, I'll probably shift over to Milano if he does. Are but, we at, Are we at all concerned about how good the Timbers have been on defense lately? Yeah, you definitely got to take that into consideration. Uh, uh, rivalry yeah. game like this, though, I don't know, it's – it's hard to tell with these games. Like it's, I think Andrew said it numerous times. Like one of these games, it could end up just a goal fest, four three or something crazy, or it could end up like nil nil or one nil. Yeah, just those disgusting nil nil dogfights. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Timbers have three shutouts in their last four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a fair point to to bring up. I, I just found that interesting when I was looking at our keeper rankings, and I'm not saying that uh, I ranked uh, the Timbers' keeper higher than anybody else. I think I have him third out of four with the two home goalies above him. Um, and I have Bill Hamid fourth, which also was like appalling to me when I thought about it. Yeah. He's, 
Bill Hamid can literally steal a game and a, a daily fantasy contest if you use him. Um, he's he's that good. So when I when I had to slot him there in fourth, I was uh, was kind of surprised at myself. But it was just something interesting to bring up about this Sunday slate. Um, maybe going contrarian with a, a DC defense or a Portland defense stack is the way to go. Who knows? Seattle's oh, been awful. They've, yeah, they have been. Seattle's not been good except for Oba's first game back. And last week we all thought they were going to be good and they stunk. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, I just I got that feeling about this weekend for them. It's a big rivalry match. They really need it. Playoff push. They needed it last week, too. Yeah, maybe Papa will be that sport. There it is. <laughs> you do love Papa, and since you couldn't get your other boy, Iguain or Will Bruin, into your lineup, I guess you have to have to go with Papa. Yeah, we'll see if he starts. If he starts, he's in for me. Um, if not, I'm going to have to shuffle some things around. But I think he starts. The Sounders need him. Yeah, yeah this they is definitely... Do. Definitely two interesting games for sure, and uh, I'll probably be watching both. Glued yeah, to the TV. Slate. We've yep. had some horrible ones lately. Yes, we have. Or actually, they've been—they've looked horrible, and then they've turned out to be okay. I was thinking, what was the one? Uh, was it two weeks ago? Chicago and Philly. Philly. That's yeah, right. that was that was one of the, my favorite games of the season. Yeah, yeah, and we would have. Nobody should ever think before right. that game that you would want to watch that game you know why because yeah. arista Gieta finally got into the lineup hmm. yeah yep. among many reasons that's really not it but i just wanted to throw him out there again yeah it's the thing this time of year though mls as predictable yet unpredictable as it is like this time of year it's even more unpredictable just because of the playoff implications like teams are fighting for their lives or they're basically done for like houston i'd say houston's in the conversation philly um teams like that chicago like san jose i mean those are the type of teams that you're gonna see just surprising people left and right which they have been lately so it's a lot of fun i mean it kind of that's kind of the fun about mls actually having playoffs instead of the promotion relegation um you know which a lot of people would love to see myself included to an extent but at the same time as a fan of the league for years and this this time of year is fun because you actually see a lot more competitiveness come out from some of the teams that you're not expecting so um comes into fantasy play as well you gotta have that mindset like what if great point great point gents thank you very much for the lineup help this weekend i'll Remind everyone that if you are a new user to MondoGoal, if you use the promo code ROTO, R-O-T-O, as in RotoWire, when you sign up, you'll get a 200% bonus on your first deposit. We obviously play. We're going to dabble into some global contests this weekend on that Friday slate. Um, if you are a big Liga MX or League One fan, you may be uh, able to grab some quick money on Friday from us, but <laughs> otherwise, hopefully, we'll take it back on the weekend with mls gents thank you <laughs> and best of luck this weekend good luck guys sign up so we can take your money back on saturday <laughs> like, like andrew said good luck everyone not what people want to hear <laughs>
Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer.